because of what we have planned for a little later, it was announced that this morning we were going to have an abbreviated service this afternoon. And some people have said, is it really going to be a shortened service? Yes. And you'll see why in just a minute. We've been looking at a word which is used 15 times in the New Testament, and now we want to look at three more times, the last three remaining times. The first of those three times is going to be in Acts chapter 17 and verse 29. Paul was dealing with some philosophers. He was dealing with some people who had their own ideas about God. They'd come to their conclusions. They were fairly solid in their thinking. And Paul comes along and says, being then the offspring of God, we ought not to think. Be careful about the conclusions that you have drawn concerning God. Be careful about your thinking concerning deity. Don't think, stop thinking that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and device of men. It was easy 2,000 years ago for people to come up with their own ideas about God. If you talk to people today, if you listen to people in our time, oftentimes they have their own ideas about God. Sometimes it's an older person. Sometimes it is a younger person. It may be a group of people. But in many cases, people will say, I see God as. Maybe they see God as nature. Maybe they see God as being one of many gods. Or people might say, my God is this or that. The God of the Bible, though, uses this word to say, don't come up with your own conceptions of me. Don't create me in your own image, if you will. You need to go back to my word if you want to know about me and my will. Yet it is incredible. It is absolutely incredible that in spite of God having given his word, there are people who still try to define God, figure out God, and even try to please God with any source but the right one. That often comes back from a failure to realize that God has given us his message and yet people will cling to something else that's simply not right. As we think about the next place where this word is used, it's used in the book of Acts. Um, we have in Acts chapter 21 some information about a riot. There were some people who supposed, there were some people who believed that Paul had taken a Gentile into the Jewish holy place. Now, if you're going to do something, I mean, you could probably have burned the place down. You could have probably raided the treasury. And those things would have been less traumatic for the Jews than bringing a Gentile into the Jewish temple. And the people thought this. The people believed this. The people were convinced that a Gentile had brought in, been brought into the temple and had defiled the place. But even though they had that firm conviction, it was wrong. They were in error. And as we look at the words used here in Acts chapter 21 and verse 29, we find that people... Uh, have sometimes caused riots. They've sometimes done some very bad things because they really believe something had occurred when that simply was not true. Poor thinking has even in some cases led to bad and criminal behavior. Long ago, there was a 10-year-old child who was asked how to tell if something was true. The person who responded to that child gave an excellent answer. They said, number one, ask who said it. Who said it? Number two, ask what evidence exists before you believe what you heard. And then number three, and this is perhaps the most important question, ask if you want to believe what you heard. Now those are not in the slides, so let me go through them again. Number one, ask who said it. Number two, ask what evidence exists to substantiate that. And number three, ask if you want to believe it. You see, when it comes to looking at the person who said something, we might want to believe them because of who they are. We love them, we cherish them, they're a trusted friend, so if it came from them, if it came from this news source that perhaps we trust, then we are inclined to believe it. Asking for the evidence. Is there any evidence? Well, no, there's no evidence, there's no proof, but I, I just believe it. Well, that's not too wise. What if we ask if we want to believe it? 
Sometimes a person will say, well, I want to believe that, and that is a true statement. But we don't believe something just because we want to believe it. If we want to believe something, hopefully the person who said it to us is someone that we appreciate and trust and they gave us the truth. But sometimes as we look at this word, people will cling to an idea, even though the person that spoke it uh, is someone we love, and yet the idea that's being clung to is a lie. Passage number three, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 5. Paul warned the young preacher, there will be wranglings of men who are corrupted in mind. They're bereft of the truth, supposing. There's that word again, thinking, believing, absolutely persuaded that godliness is a way of gain. Paul, in warning the young man, said there are going to be some people, they're going to think money and God go together. They're going to be thinking that if I serve God, I'm going to get rich. Have you ever met someone who has that belief? I have. There are people who think if I just serve God, if I pursue God, he's going to give me all kinds of good things. If you did a quick Google search, you would know that that's not true. If you did some looking in the Bible, you would certainly know that that's not true. Even if we look around in life, we know that that is not true. Going back to the Bible, we have some poor people in the Bible. We have widows. We have orphans. We have people who were beggars. We also find as we look at scripture, we do have some rich people. There are some wealthy people in the Bible. But supposing that if we serve God, we're going to get this outcome in life or we're going to get this outcome. We're going to have good health. We're going to have long life. We're going to have great wealth. That may or may not be true. There's a lot of variability there. The idea that if we're a Christian, we're going to be guaranteed a mansion on the hilltop in this life, that is false thinking. That may or may not happen. And yet people will believe oftentimes what they want to believe, even though the evidence is against them. It really comes down to what do we believe in life. I remember reading one time about a man who was trying to change the blades in his lawnmower. And if you're not thinking about mowing quite yet, it is getting to that time of year. The fella turns the mower over, gets access to the blades, gets out the right tools, and he really begins to exert some pressure on the mower. But the blade will not come off. The nut will not move. So he decides, well, I'll go get a, um, uh, an extension, get a four-foot pipe, and then I'll work on it a little bit more. So he goes and he exerts some more force and then begins to stand on it. And that still doesn't work. And then he goes and he gets a rock, a big rock, and he begins to beat on the pipe thinking it, it's frozen. It will finally come loose. And as he's hammering away, his neighbor comes along and looks and says, huh, you know, I used to have a mower like that, but my blade came off in the opposite way. My nut was the opposite way. Uh-oh. And sure enough, he changed the direction of the force, and it came right off. Now, maybe you're not someone who has done that. You may not mow the grass or take responsibility for your mower, but maybe you've done this. You've seen a lady, and it looked like she was pregnant. And you thought, oh, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to congratulate her. When is the baby due? Congratulations. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> Ever done that? Hold up your hand. I think several of us have. We believed. We were sure we were confident a baby was on the way. I am not pregnant. Oh, we can put our foot in it. And we can put our foot in it in so many ways in life. And we might remember those sometimes or comical ways, sometimes not. But the Bible warns us by using this word, Jesus himself said, be careful what you believe. Be careful in the beliefs that you have that you are absolutely confident in. If they are truly rooted in Scripture, we need to have those beliefs and we need to have them with absolute conviction. But check them out against the Word because oftentimes, Matthew chapter 7 is a great example. 
Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not? And they will go through the list. They were confident. They truly believed. And then Jesus will say, I never, I never knew you. Let's not be in that group because many will be. If you're not sure which group you're in and we can help you examine your life, if we can help you, you know that you're in the wrong group and we can help you get back on the right road. Would you let us do that now as we stand and sing?